Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Welcome, welcome. It feels so good to be back with a brand new show, and I am so happy it's spring. When spring starts, a lot of us do some spring cleaning, and that might be clearing out the garage, doing some things outside, organizing, cleaning out your closet. We're going to be doing some spring cleaning, but we're going to be talking about clearing out energies, negative energies that are holding us back. Now, what do I mean when I say energy? I think most of us have had the experience of walking into a room and just feeling off, feeling like there's some bad energy, or walking into a room after an argument and feeling it, or going into a space and feeling incredibly uninspired and stuck. When we really are connected with our body, we're really present with ourselves, we can feel the energy in a room. And there is something that we can do to really lift that energy. We're talking about clearing kind of stuck energy, but also imprinting wonderful energy in your space. It's a really fascinating conversation. For some of you, it might seem a little bit out there and a bit woo-woo, as people say, but give it a chance. I think all of us, even the most uh, skeptical people have had experiences where they feel something in a room and maybe they can't explain it or they don't quite understand why. And it's great to have these conversations so we can begin to expand our understanding around what is happening in our space. To lead the way, we're speaking to Jean Hayner. She is the author of four books published by Hay House, and her brand new book is Clear Home, Clear Heart, Learn to Clear the Energy of People and Places. I've worked with Jean for many, many years. I really trust her. I'm incredibly inspired by her. She's helped me so much personally, so it's extra rewarding and exciting to be able to share her work with all of you. A quick reminder that this show is sponsored by thetappingsolution.com. If you go to thetappingsolution.com, you can download a free tapping meditation for the morning and evening to help release stress and set you up for a wonderful day and then a restful night's sleep. Tapping is such a powerful technique. If you're new to it or if you want to recommit to your tapping practice, go to thetappingsolution.com, check out our blog, all our free resources, resources. We uh, love helping others and there's a lot of goodies in there. So check out thetappingsolution.com. And if you love this show, if you've loved other shows, it's so helpful if you leave a five-star review on iTunes. Not only is it incredibly encouraging for me, it reminds me to keep doing these episodes, but it also helps spread this. And I truly believe that the information that's being shared in the show is helping the world. It truly is an adventure in happiness. It's easy to be sad, it's easy to be depressed. Happiness, it's an adventure. So let's continue that adventure together. Enjoy this show. Welcome, Jean, thanks for being with us. 
Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Hi, Jess. Hi. Well, we just had a great little chat before recording about how happy we are about life. I'm so happy it's warm. You don't even know. I'm like skipping around the house. I'm so done with winter. I love spring. You're in California, so I'm sure you don't yeah. feel that much of a, t- of a difference. <laughs> That's true. That's but I said, true. I said to Lucas today, because sometimes I still get, you know, I get a little nervous that one day he's going to look at me and be like, why did we move from California to Connecticut? Like, why did you do this to me? And so every time I have a chance to like, be like, oh, look how amazing Connecticut is. I, I take it. And so today I was like, you know, people in California, it's warm all the time, but they probably don't have this like big joy and enthusiasm for spring because it's not a difference. Uh, and he's like, yeah, but they're just happy all the time. <laughs> I was wondering if he was rolling his eyes about that. But, you know, there's different kinds. It's beautiful everywhere in different ways. And when, you know, when you're when you can live in that joy, it doesn't matter where you live. You'll find the joy from whatever it's doing outside. It's true. And to give him credit, he has never complained. He's, you know, he's been very supportive about our move. Um, so. Jean, you are a reason that I met Lucas because I had been working. I've been working with you for years. I think two thousand and twelve or two thousand and thirteen. Oh, it's um, been a while. Yeah, it's been years, and I always come back to you for advice, for support because I I love what you do, and you're the real deal. So to be able to work with you for so many years and then introduce your work to my audience feels extra special and I'm I'm extra excited. One of the things I love is that you helped me give words to some things that I already knew but didn't quite understand. And I think a lot of us have experiences where we walk into a room or a situation and the energy feels off. We something doesn't feel right. And sometimes we don't know it's just a feeling and as kids, we're not taught to understand what that means to be sensitive to those energies. Can you explain energy? I mean, that's a very big question, but <laughs> energy in a space and the way that you experience energy? Yeah, I, I mean, you're so right. And and I think it's it's only now that we're starting to develop a language for how we're affected by the invisible energy around us, whether it's from another person or whether it's from the room that we jo- just walked into. You know, we don't end at our skin. We all have an energy field that we broadcast. And we're all walking around kind of in this big soup of everybody else's energy. We're all affected far more than we realize by, for instance, since other people's energy. And you know, it's like on first meetings, one person, you may feel an instant comfort with them. And on first meeting another person, you may kind of want to take a few steps back. There's just a, a discomfort even before they've said or done anything. And it's just kind of the energy that you're broadcasting and how you're reacting to that. But also in spaces, you know, we all have this saying about, oh, I walked into the room after the argument and the atmosphere was so thick, you could cut it with a knife. Well, mm-hmm. That's just the energy in the room. So we're all aware of this on some level, but what we, what most people don't realize is how much we're impacted, how it happens to everyone. For me, I always say I was born energetically wide open. I'm at the extreme end of the range where I'm what you call an empath or a highly sensitive person. So even as a child, I could feel energy physically. 
And that was kind of cool sometimes because I could find lost things by just kind of feeling the air with my hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, wow. If my mother ever lost her keys, I would just kind of feel around the house in the air until I felt a little zots in the <laughs> palm of my hand. And I'd look down and there would be the keys between the couch cushions or something like that. Well, that was a cool trick, but uh, there's a downside to that, which a lot of sensitive people experience is that you can be kind of an energy sponge. And you're taking on the energy of the people around you who are stressed or upset or anxious, and you're feeling it as yours. So often people who are sensitive don't know how to manage their energetic boundaries. None of us have really been taught this. And I think it's now time to empower people to learn how to manage their own energy, to be able to have good energetic boundaries so they're not walking around trying to protect themselves because there's no, no bad or good energy. It's just that stressed energy doesn't particularly feel good to you and it stresses your system. So if you have good boundaries, if you can develop good boundaries in some ways, um, that's part of what I teach, then you can walk through the world with an open heart, you can walk through the world relaxed because you know that whatever comes your way, if it is stressed energy, it can just keep on going. You don't have to soak it in or take it on. Yes. You know, talking about expanding our vocabulary and also finding powerful questions, something that's helped me was to begin to ask myself, is this what I'm feeling or am I feeling someone else's feelings. Beautiful, exactly. Often the feeling is not yours. And that's a new concept to most of us. It is. Because we're, we're feeling it. How could it not be ours? But, you know, did you feel this way before you walked into the room? Did you feel this way before you were standing next to this person? Consider that maybe you're just sensing what their energy feels like. And that's what's causing you to have these feelings. Do you believe that the majority of people who are healers or caregivers or leaders in their community who are there to support and help other people, do they tend to be extra sensitive? Not always. And so some people, you know, you can see the same behavior, but it comes from a different motivation, so to speak. Mm. So many people who are caring, healing, uh, people who are in helping professions or healing professions. Yes, absolutely. They're sensitive, they're empathic. And actually, you know, there's a lot of talk now about being an empath without really defining what that means or uh, kind of lumping it all together under one category. And there's actually three different kinds of empaths. There are people who feel energy physically and are physically affected by the energy around them. There are people who are affected emotionally by the energy around them. So they soak in the thoughts and feelings of other people and think that they're their own thoughts and feelings. And then there are people who I call the inner empaths, and they're not so affected by the energy around them, but they have these very deep messages coming into their system from deep inside, whether that's their own intuition or whether they're downloading messages from the other side, like people who have passed over. Right. When you share that with most people, do they tend to guess what kind, you know, where <laughs> they fit or do they struggle a bit with that? Well, you know, it's so funny because with when my, my book has just come out and with the book launch, we gave people uh, an empath test, a questionnaire, kind of a quiz that's really fun. You answer the questions, you see what kind of sensitivity you have, and you can have more than one. And there's just been an explosion of response. People can always relate to this. And they're saying, oh my God, you know, for the first time in my life, I have some words to put to this. I have some understanding that it's not just me and there's a reason why I'm like this. 
this. And that just fills my heart. I mean, yes. to to move from a place of powerlessness and self-blame into a place of power and recognizing that this sensitivity, yes, it has some downsides to it, but you can transform that to be a real power for yourself. So for someone who feels very sensitive and they feel like they're, they feel it very emotionally, What is the upside of that? Because, you know, when you're struggling with that, you think, I would love to not be so sensitive. (laughs) Right, right. Well, the beautiful thing about someone who is an emotional empath is that really what that means is that they're psychic, that they can know, for instance, when someone is texting them, even before the text arrives, you know, or they'll kind of think of their friend and then they'll realize, oh, their friend is thinking of them, or they'll be aware when their child needs them. It's a psychic ability. And the work here is to recognize when a little feeling floating through the ethers enters your awareness and you feel it, whether it's your feeling, as you said earlier, or whether it belongs to someone else. And that's some information that you can follow up on. You know, maybe you do need to contact your friend, or maybe you do know that you shouldn't go to that meeting this afternoon or whatever it is. This this can really help you navigate life. It's, it's basically a sixth sense. Right. That makes sense. I want to talk about your new book, Clear Home, Clear Heart. But before we go into that, since you brought up the importance of having boundaries, yeah. what are your suggestions for for someone who feels sensitive and they know that they're about to walk into a space where they feel extra sensitive. So maybe that's a board meeting or a networking event or even a family dinner, but they know they're going to walk into a place that sometimes leaves them a bit frazzled. What can they do before entering? Absolutely. And you know, for for highly sensitive people, this is a daily experience, you know, trip to the shopping mall can be all too much because they're just immersed in everybody else's energy. It can be exhausting or overwhelming for them. Absolutely, a family dinner or a staff meeting, these things happen all the time. And you know, most of us are too distracted to notice that we're being affected. The very sensitive people notice because it's hard not to, but everyone is affected. So let me give you, I have actually a very easy five-step exercise that you can do any time, whether you're anticipating that something's going to be stressful, or even if you're already in it and you're starting to feel a bit overwhelmed, you can do these five easy steps and no one will even know you're doing them, okay? Okay. So step one is just to become aware of your breathing. Because when we start to get a little stressed or overwhelmed, either our breathing becomes too shallow, or sometimes we stop breathing at all. And that only makes it worse. So become aware of what's going on with your breath. Are you breathing too shallowly? Are you even holding your breath in that moment? And then step two is just take a couple of nice, deep breaths. Don't hyperventilate. You don't have to overdo it. But just get some full breaths into your system. And then step three is become aware of the effects of gravity on your system. And and here's what I mean by that. Become aware of the weight of your bottom in the chair if you're sitting down. Become aware of the weight of your feet on the floor. Become aware of gravity pressing down on your shoulders a little bit. That's step three. Then step four takes a little bit of imagination. You know, we all have an energy field that extends out from our bodies. And it it can form different shapes depending on how we're feeling or what's going on for us. And so I want you just to, even if you have to pretend, imagine that you can kind of get a sense of what your energy field looks like right now. 
many times it's too big or it's lopsided. You know, we're all taught that we can't ever be happy until we reach that goal that's way out in front of us, <laughs> that we can never be happy here. So we have to keep heading over there. And so what we do is we shoot our chi or our energy way too far out in front of us. And that makes it too shallow in back of us. There's not good support energetically behind us. Or we're worrying about someone. We're sending a little stream of energy off to the right in their direction. And that can deplete our energy. So get a sense about what your field looks like right now. That's step four. And then the final step is to imagine yourself gathering your energy field back closer to your body. That literally you can imagine reaching out and scooping it back closer in in the front until it's maybe 12 to 15 inches out from your body. And do the same in the back. You may have to push it out a little bit in the back to make it go that far. And then to each side, and then above and below. And so what you end up with is kind of like an egg shape or a circular shape of energy around your body. And this does a few things for you. First of all, it creates a place where you leave off and the rest of the world begins. It creates an, a firm energetic boundary. But it also, when you pull the energy back into yourself, it creates this nice, rich source of nourishing chi that you can draw from instead of having it all dissipated and lost. This is based on a concept actually in feng shui. In, in China, in the Forbidden City, there is the emperor's bedroom, which to the Chinese is the single most important room in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> and the emperor's bedroom, you could imagine, must be very grand and large. But in fact, that's not true. The emperor's bedroom is only 200 square feet in size. It's tiny. And they did that deliberately because they understand that, for instance, when you're sleeping, you're processing, you're releasing energy, you're kind of off-gassing. And if you're sleeping in a huge room, your energy gets depleted. It goes into the far corners of the room. But if the if the room is, is close around you, it keeps the energy saturated around your body, and then you wake up refreshed instead of more tired. Well, yes, that's great for while we're sleeping, but as well through the day to keep your energy closer to your body. That is a rich source of chi, nourishing chi for you as you go through your day. You, you will have good boundaries and you won't be as impacted by all the energy of the people and places around you. Yes. You know, I'm working on chapter nine of my next book, which is about goals. And Oof. one of my issues with goals is that it becomes a list of what we need to achieve before we can be happy, or it becomes yes. a list of why we, you know, we're not good enough yet. And so but I never imagined it. I never thought of it that way. We're, we're, when we have a goal, and we're so focused on that goal, it can deplete our energy, even though we think we might be doing something empowering. We're looking so far ahead that we're not honoring where we are in the moment. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Your book is going to be so important. Thank you. So I want to go over these five steps again to make sure I got them. So number one, the breath, right? To notice yeah. that we're taking a deep breath. Right. Then number two is feel our body, right? Feel our feet. Uh, number two is just to give yourself a couple of nice deep breaths so okay. that you're fully oxygenated. <laughs> number two is almost an extension of number one. You notice your breath, then you take yeah. really deep breaths, then you yeah. notice your body, 
And Mm -hmm. then four, you notice your energy. You Mm -hmm. kind of visualize it and notice how you're feeling. Right. And then five, you imagine your energy moving closer to you and surrounding you, protecting you. Gorgeous. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I'm going to do that every time I go to the mall because I last (laughs) 10 minutes before I feel completely overwhelmed. Oh, you're not alone. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. So I want to talk about space. So we know that we're impacted by other people, but we can also be impacted by objects and by a space, which I've learned from reading your book. How does, let's start with an object, because you have a great story about a mattress. Can you share with us how objects have energies and how that impacts us? Yeah, well, you know, everything has energy and can hold energy. That's why if you go to a psychic and you hand them your wedding ring, that they can kind of read things about you because you've been wearing that ring every day and it has it's soaking in kind of some of your energy, some of your field. I was doing a feng shui consultation once for a man who was recently divorced. He'd moved into a new place and I was feng shuiing his home and I walk into his beautiful new bedroom and as I get closer to the bed, I'm I'm just sensing this feelings of frustration and tension in my jaw and my jaw starts to ache and and the closer I get to the bed the worse I start to feel and and so I asked him you know how old is your mattress and he said oh god it's probably at least 12 years old I got it and when I got married to my wife and I said to him well did you ever argue as you were going to sleep in bed and he said, yeah, I think that's why I started grinding my teeth at night because I went to bed so angry all the time. Well, mattresses soak in the energy of the things that you're feeling while you're sleeping there or lying there, just like our clothes do and our furniture and every other object. And so his mattress was holding all those years of anger and frustration and pain as his marriage came to a painful end. And then he suddenly realized that he was starting to argue with his new girlfriend as they went to sleep at night. And and he was thinking, oh, I better go get a new mattress right away. Oh my gosh, I don't want this to happen again. Now at that time, I hadn't developed clearing yet. And I started thinking, God, this is going to be really expensive for people if they have to keep <laughs> running out and getting new furniture all the time. But with clearing, you can just clear the stress that's held in the mattress. You can clear the old energy. You don't have to buy a new mattress. So there are there are places often when I do a space clearing in someone's home, they'll say, oh, you know, I never sit in that chair. I don't know why. Or I don't like to spend time in that room. I don't know why. But it could be that there's a residue of energy there that is affecting you. And unconsciously, you just don't feel right there, but you can't explain why. Right. Um, I often, in someone's home, I'll find a little area of stress uh, right inside their front door, kind of hanging there like invisible house dust, like this little cloud of, of stress. And they'll wonder, why the heck is, is that there right in front of my front door? But if you imagine every morning as you're approaching your front door, getting ready to start your day, you may be anxious about being late or dreading some meeting that you're going to have or so have some other negative feelings coming up. Well, every time we have a thought or a feeling, it doesn't just evaporate. It can kind of create an imprint in the space where we're feeling it. And then imagine as you come home at the end of the day and you walk back through the door and you put your things down and you go, oh, thank God that day's over with. I can't believe she said that or whatever it is. You're making another little deposit of stress in that space. You do that day after day after week after month after year. 
what happens is this cloud develops there that increases the likelihood that the next time you walk into that area, you're going to feel negative feelings again. Right. And as you clear that, then that releases all that and it creates a much more spacious place for you to be within your own home where you're not locked into old patterns of thought and feelings. I want to share a quick story. When I was living in Morrow Bay in California, we lived in a house for a year and I call, I reached out to you for a clearing and I worked in that house, so one of the bedrooms, which was like a really tiny bedroom off on the side, I had turned into my office. Well, you had said to me as you were doing the clearing, which you weren't even there, which is so interesting. So (laughs) you just asked for a map of the house, and you told me, you said, there is a lot of energy. I, I feel like someone fainted in that room. There's a lot of energy in that room. And so you did a clearing. Well, then I speak to the owner of the house, and he actually had inherited the house from his parents who had passed away. And he starts telling me how his father, even though they had this big living room and all this great space, would always go to that room, which was now my office, and just sit in this chair, (sighs) and that he had fainted there. I mean, he... Without me asking him... I didn't even ask him about the room. He just was telling me the story... (sighs) And he told me uh, exactly what you picked up. So, oh my goodness, it's it's incredible. So sometimes it's our energy. Sometimes it's past energy from before we even lived in the house. Absolutely, the energy of previous occupants can remain there like invisible clutter. <laughs> and so often people have a space clearing, you know, after they've moved into a new home or as a gift to the new owners of their home before they move out, they have the space cleared so they can move into a more pristine environment. It's not only our own stuff that can kind of linger there. I've done clearings in Manhattan in skyscrapers where the main thing to clear was actually Native American energy from hundreds of years ago it wasn't even it was embedded in the land even before the skyscraper had been built yeah wow that's incredible i can imagine that there needs to be a lot of energy clearing in europe right yeah like- <laughs> Well, you know, it's fun to to take groups. I, I take sometimes take groups over to do energy sensing uh, retreats and things like that in Europe because in the States, of course, energy builds up in buildings, but, you know, maybe at most a foot out from the walls, you can kind of sense it or find it. I teach people how to find it. But in Europe, it can go out three, four, five feet because there's so many hundreds of years of history and people and it's fascinating. It's not, it's not an unpleasant experience. It's really fascinating. Right. So... Another quick story. I've shared this one with you before, and I hate when people interview. I hate when the interviewer shares too many stories, but I'm sharing this in hopes <laughs> that it opens up a great conversation. Um, when I was a kid, I used to go to one of my very best friend's house, and I was there a lot. And I loved being in her house until we went upstairs. Every time I was in the upstairs part of her house, I would just feel panic and pressure in my chest and stress and I'm maybe like nine years old but this lasted for years because all through middle school I was always over and I always avoided going upstairs and Mm. then years later in high school I remember being in the hallway and we were chatting and she said oh yeah my mom's really excited because she's getting a special plaque outside of our house because they discovered that our house was part of the Underground Railroad. (laughs) Now, 
Was I feeling something that had to do with that specifically? I have no idea. All I know was that I would walk into a room and immediately just felt horrible. So, <laughs> so you know, another interesting thing, people feel that and they wonder, is there a ghost? Like, what are we talking about here? So I'd love to, I'd love for you to shine some light on on that in case other people can relate to that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And this is not an unusual experience, but you're extra sensitive. So some people walking into that space might just suddenly start to feel a little odd and think that it was lunch disagreeing with them. Or, or just like it. cranky, right? Like, Yeah, 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 absolutely. So there is kind of like a, a range or a spectrum of energy that can be left in a space. At one end of the range, it can be that someone had a little upset one time or that they had, this was a person who used to live there who used to worry a lot. And so they kind of imprinted it with some of their worries. And, and that can linger to affect people in the space, but it's not such a big deal. And then we kind of move along the spectrum here. And there can be what's almost like a memory imprint, almost like a video running of some previous occupant's experience. I, I did a space clearing once in a house where the previous owner had been a woman who had taught piano lessons in her living room every day for 30 years. <laughs> and when I got to the space, where the piano had been, it wasn't even there anymore. It was like there was a video running of her teaching piano because she had there was such a deep imprint over all that time in the space of her doing that. But she wasn't still there. She wasn't a ghost. It was just the imprint. But at the far end of the extreme of the range, there can be, of course, a ghost. A ghost is a spirit uh, of someone who has not yet been fully able to move on for whatever reason. It could be they don't know they're dead. Sometimes if people die suddenly, they don't know they're dead. Or they stayed connected because they didn't want to leave and couldn't figure out how. My sense of what was going on for you is that people were immersed in fear and anxiety, mm -hmm. and those were very intense emotions that got deeply imprinted, not just by one person, but many people during that time. And so it was probably a very deep, intense imprint, but possibly ghosts, but most likely it wasn't that it was someone's soul who was that was trapped there. It was just those very intense feelings were trapped there. And those are the all those things are the kinds of things that clearing can can release. Right. So sometimes people think they have a ghost in their house and it might <laughs> just be an energy imprint. Absolutely. And yeah. sometimes it might be a ghost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really fun to clear ghosts, actually. And it's a lovely thing because it, it's, a, it's someone who hasn't been able to pass over. They're meant to pass over. They're not meant to stay locked in this dimension. Um, and often when you clear a ghost, there's this wave of gratitude from them that passes through you as they, as they move on. Just a, it's a beautiful feeling, and it's always such an honoring thing to be able to do. Right. Well, I'm sure people are wondering, okay, what can I do to clear all of this? And you do have a wonderful book, Clear Home, Clear Heart. And I know you do a lot of great workshops, so it seems to me that it does take some training and some time. Like I'd love to give people a five like five steps to clear all the energy <laughs> imprints in yeah. their house, but I get the impression from your work that it's a little bit more than that. 
Well, I, you know, I've been studying and doing this for 30 years now. And so I say I'm a very good teacher. I can teach it to you in a book. I can teach it to you in a four or five day retreat. But no, I can't teach it to you in five minutes. So I'm not that good yet. <laughs> so, so yeah, I wrote the book as a step-by-step training to help people learn how to do it themselves. So it is in a way a textbook that, that you can get that book and learn everything you need to know. But also I find that people learn far better in person. So I do have retreats that I teach. There are two coming up this summer, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. And that's all available on my website, genehainer.com, if they want to uh, take a look at those. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well. What is your recommendation for clearing the house after a fight? So I get in an argument with Lucas about something. It happens. And <laughs> like, what do I what do I do after? Should there be something I do to clear that energy? Well, that's such a good question because, of course, yes, you both have, you know, off-gassed into the space. You've made a deposit. I love that, (laughs) off-gassed. Yes. (laughs) Of your upsets. But you also have to realize that probably lingering in your energy field as well, there's still a little bit of stress or shock or or pain from that interaction. So not only do you have to address, you know, the deposit you've made in the space, but also work on letting go of what you may still be holding on from that. That's what my book teaches you to do. But for yourself, what I often find, you know, in Chinese medicine, which is what all my work is based on, one of the principles is that nature heals. And I find that if you just go outdoors, Go stand on the seashore if you're by the water, go to the woods if you're by the tree, tree if you're near trees, any place where there's nature, that is a healing force for you. It will cleanse a lot of what you're holding on in your energy field. So just go for a walk in nature is okay, one thing. Wait, I am laughing because I have to tell you this other story. <laughs> okay, so we move into the house. And a few weeks in, we, we get into an argument. And it's very, we don't argue often at all. And it was our first heated argument. And once it was over, I, and I don't even remember what it was about, but once it was over, I was like, this is great. Like, that was a, we just survived a fight. Like, we should celebrate. So he's like, you're right. I'm like, let's go for a walk. And then we'll order Indian food. And we'll open a bottle of champagne. And we'll really celebrate tonight. So we go for a walk. And I live across the street from a nature reserve. So it's a a huge park and we had just moved so we hadn't spend much time in the trails. We start walking, we walk down to the Housatonic River. It's so beautiful, we're so happy. We start walking back and we're like, it seems like we're going the wrong way. So we go on another trail, doesn't seem right. We go down an unmarked trail. All of a sudden we're like, we are so lost and the sun is going down. So we're thinking we're going to be the idiots who just moved from California and have to call the Connecticut police to, like, help them get out of the woods. Now, we had cell phone service, so we could see exactly where we were, which you would think, all right, that's not so scary because you can see where you are and you can see where your house is. But when you're in the woods, what I have learned this for someone who doesn't understand this, let me save you the trouble. You can't just get off a path and walk in the direction like woods especially in Connecticut, can be very dense and there can be like a little cliff. Oh my goodness, Jean, we got so horribly, horribly lost. (laughs) So it got to the point where we're like, all right, we should just run because if we're going the wrong way on a trail, we at least need to figure out we're going the wrong way to course correct before the sun goes down. So we're like sprinting around this forest. like, And finally, 
um, I found the way out and we, we got back to our house and it was, we were very proud that we did not get into another fight while being lost in the woods, right? We actually were a very good team and we were like, all right, we have to figure this out. So I recommend after a fight, walk in the woods, have a map (laughs) to not get off the trail. Um, in the show notes, I'm going to put an image of where we walked because at one point he started to track it and you see we're just walking in everywhere, just looking for some trail to get us out of these woods. It's ridiculous. So, But you know, that's such a great story because that actually could have been an additional reflection of what you still needed to work out before you process the fight, that there was a reason why mm. you got lost in the woods and that you did so well. I mean, that I think was an extension of whatever you were fighting about and the healing of all that and even more to celebrate. Yes, that's true. And we're very grateful that the person who delivered our Indian food left it <laughs> On the porch because we got home an hour later than we had expected. Oh, no. So, yes, you know, it's it's interesting. I love having this conversation because after a fight, we tend to just move forward. And it's great to stop and go, okay, is there anything else for me to heal inside of myself? Like Mm. the self-nurturing part. And also, can I do something in this space? to help right. make this space feel better. And to your point of nature, eyes when it when it's a little bit warm, I have moments where I will open every single window of the house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just let the air through and I feel like that's so cleansing. Especially, you know, we talked about how to clear yourself after an argument or some difficult experience, but in the space as well, yes, absolutely, opening the windows if you can. Also playing loud music, loud, happy music and dancing around the house, that's a form of space clearing as well. It doesn't have to be some weird esoteric ceremony that you that you right. uh, perform. It's just energy, and if it's stuck there, you can clear it up in any number of ways. What do you think about sage? You know, sage, a lot of people can't stand the smell. Um, <laughs> what I find is that it it is kind of like taking a feather duster to a, a garbage heap in a way. <laughs> it, it clears a very thin layer and more it's just about you You kind of feel like you've done something, so then you kind of believe it more. I, I don't find that it's anywhere near as effective as the, the clearing techniques that are more evolved. It's a very ancient technique, and it's kind of like a, we've evolved as – as a culture, as people, since that time, we don't need to revert to old kind of cruder techniques. There's there's much more refined, easier ways to do things. Right. But I do like that you made the point that part of it is the belief. And yeah. there's something about the intention of clearing that really opens the door. Yeah, it's, you know, you are you are allowing yourself to be willing to release something. And that's great. That's the first step. Right. Right. Oh, this is so good. So let us, when it comes to your book, what is your biggest hope with teaching other people how to clear this energy in their home? Well, you know, I I have just over the years as I've been teaching this, I have just heard time and time again, so many transformational stories. I often wish that, you know, I could take a picture of someone the day they arrive at a retreat and then the day they leave (laughs) from the retreat because it's like two different people. My hope is that this just lets them release whatever's been holding back in their lives. This is such an easy thing to learn to do for yourself, for other people, for all the spaces you live in. 
and it works into on two levels. It releases all the old energy you're carrying from your past and your the difficult experiences in your life history that forms a cloud around you to weigh you down. But it also releases all the energy you've been taking on from the people and places around you. And it gives you a way to never take anything on again. So you have a much more spacious place to stand in life. And that is my hope for people, that they just have this kind of liberation from all the places they felt blocked in the past. I love that. Well, I have another big question. I know it's a common one. When we clear negative energy, where does that energy go? What happens? Yeah, that's such a good question. I often have people worried like, oh, but I don't want to, you know, you know, have it land on somebody else and right. bother them. Like, oh, no. And, and so, yeah, I often hear from people, you know, well, what happens to this so-called bad energy when you clear it? And, and I often relate clearing to a situation where, you know, what if you had a garden hose that had a kink in it and the water wasn't coming out? And so you unkink the garden hose and then the water Water can stream out freely. Well, where did the kink go? It didn't go anywhere. It's just it was just a blockage that got released. Or if you're getting a massage and there's a knot in one of the muscles in your back, and the massage therapist massages it out. Well, where did the knot go? You know, there there wasn't anything bad to really to go anywhere. With clearing ourselves, it's kind of like this was a little unloved piece of us yeah. that that got loved. Clearing is is when someone when someone clears you, they they love that little tense place in you more than you can love it. They love it away; it just disappears. Right. Uh, you mentioned earlier too how when we're talking about energy imprints, although right now we're focusing on negative ones, there's really positive ones as well. You can leave yeah. positive energy imprint. Can a positive energy imprint kind of delete or or change a negative one? Well, it's more that when there's a positive imprint, the negative one doesn't exist. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes when I do a clearing, people say, oh, but, you know, this is my grandmother's rocking chair, and I, I love how it feels. You know, I don't want that cleared. And clearing only clears things that are having an adverse effect on you. Mm. It doesn't clear the good juju. And so if there's loving energy in that chair from your grandmother and maybe all the generations of mothers who sat there rocking babies, it, it's like then bad energy, stressed energy, when it, if it's, if if someone sits in that chair and they're not feeling so well, well, their stress goes away because of the influence of the chair. So they can't right. coexist. Right. And is there a way for us to intentionally leave a positive imprint or is that just a side effect of feeling good? Yeah, these are brilliant questions. You know, a lot of times people say, well, I just send love, you know, or I just put my intention into it. And, and of course, the motivation, the intention is a very good and positive one. But what we don't realize is that when we send love, it also travels through all the filters of our own personal drama. <laughs> and it can, that message can arrive there with the love kind of encased in all the shreds of our stuff. So when the other person receives it, they may not even sense the love. They, they, it's like, watch out for being attached to a certain outcome or trying to send or do anything. With this work, it's about being love, that as you change your own frequency, as you walk through the world, other people change just because they are in training or synchronizing with your energy, which is what we do all the time with everyone around us. Right. So it's not so much about what you do as who you are. Yes. I love now just knowing that if I'm having friends and family over and we're having a great time and laughing and drinking <laughs> and eating and 
that that leaves an energy in the space as well. It's gorgeous. That is the easiest and funnest space clearing you could do. Absolutely. I'm in. I'm in. That's great. Uh, Jean, there's something else that I want to ask you about because it was something that I want to bring up because it's one thing that I think's made the biggest change in my life when it comes to working with you. And um, I'd love to touch upon it. When it comes to tapping, many people know that the setup statement is, you know, even though I have this feeling, I accept myself or I accept how I feel. And I was taught that and used it. And but I don't think it was until the last maybe three years that I really understood what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I understood what that I understand what that means now, partly because of what I've learned from you. Mm-hmm. Um, you one of the things that's created the most freedom in my life was when we worked together and I would talk to you about fears that I would have. And I would get into this kind of perfectionism thing where I would want everything to be perfect and I'd have a lot of fears of things not going my way. And you would say, well, this whole, this struggle with perfectionism is just part of your nature. And so instead of feeling like you have to fight it or fix it, if you can embrace it, then, and if you can accept it, then when you find yourself feeling a bit weak and going into that fear mind, you can acknowledge the pattern that you're running. And, mm. you know, and by accepting it, we can begin to let it go. That to me was was truly revolutionary. Can you share a bit about our nature and mm. accepting the parts of ourselves we're fighting, how we go from trying to fix to accepting? Mm. Oh, that's just, I'm so honored to hear that story, Jess. That's beautiful. Yeah, you know, with my work, one of the things that I do when I do readings for people is that I can see their inner design, how they're wired. (laughs) And we're all of us wired to have certain patterns of emotions and thoughts. And the thing is that everything comes as a package deal. (laughs) In other words, with every personal characteristic, there will be many strengths and benefits from it, but there will also be downsides. And for instance, your perfectionism, well, that's one of the downsides of that when you're self-critical or when you beat yourself up too much. But there's huge benefits from that. What that means is that you pay attention to the subtleties and the details and the nuances so that everything you do is beautifully done, that you have a high degree of integrity, uh, a very genuine desire to be authentic with people. There's many beautiful aspects of this. And so these two sides, we can sometimes only focus on the negative. And it's not, we often think, oh, I need to just eradicate my perfectionism or whatever it is that we're struggling with. But if you eradicated that, you'd lose all the benefits as well. So it's learning how to come into balance, to walk the line down the middle with these things, to manage the perfectionism. And one way to do that is, yes, just to observe when those perfectionistic thoughts come up. And instead of giving them power over you, instead of getting swept away in them, you go, oh, there I go again. Oh, there it is again. (laughs) And you're observing the feeling rather than getting caught up in it, if that makes sense. It it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's just a perfect, it pairs so well with tapping, you know, being able just to honor this is how I feel and I'm noticing it and I'm allowing myself to tap on these acupressure points and release some of this tension. Because I think the downside of, I don't want to say the downside of tapping, but the downside of the mentality that there's a tool that can work for so many things is that people Mm. think they're meant to fix everything, right? Like they see that tapping works so well 
And so they yeah. think, well, I shouldn't ever have a struggle. Or maybe they look at me and they think, well, if you're really an expert, then you should never have a headache or a struggle <laughs> or, you know, anything like that because you have this great tool. And that's yeah. that amount of pressure is debilitating. When we put that, when we set the bar so high and not allow ourselves to be human, it's like we, we swing in the other direction and that's when we really get into trouble. You know, and our Western culture has conditioned us to look at things in too linear a way that mm -hmm. we have to see what's wrong and fix it. We have to get rid of that. We have to fix it right away. Oh, my God. And and that, you know, is only such a tiny keyhole view of what's really going on. And the work is really to come into a place of balance and acceptance for self. And I agree with you that tapping and clearing integrate beautifully. I have a lot of people in my workshops who also use tapping in their work. It's not like you have to do one or the other. I think they both come from that same beautiful, healing, very elegant place. Yes. So yeah, I love that. Thank you. Well, this is why I love this podcast, because I have so many great people come on and I just want to expand my tool belt. I want to do everything I can in my space, with my health, with my emotions to to have an adventure and happiness, to feel good. So it shouldn't be about one thing. Let's let's try it all. That's my <laughs> approach. I love you, Jess. <laughs> well, Jean, I have two questions that I love to ask every guest. The first one is if you could share something in your life that in the moment felt like a huge disappointment, felt like felt horrible, but ended up becoming a big blessing. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Well, every time the rug's been pulled out from under me in life, I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's like there's many. I, I, I use myself as an example often when I teach about um, something that often other people can relate to as well. It's like if you, you know, did you have an experience like me when you were 16 years old and there was that boy? And that boy, you knew your life was going to be over if he didn't ask you out, that you were going to die if you didn't marry him. Right. <laughs> and and he never did. And now you thank your lucky stars because he's serving 10 years in the penitentiary or something like that. <laughs> that wasn't exactly my experience. But it's like recognizing that in the moment, what you are judging as bad often comes from a very limited understanding. And so that really taught me from an early age to just kind of learn how to roll with things and not immediately judge them is, again, is something having to be fixed. Right, right. One of the reasons I love that question is because when we're having a hard time, we need to be reminded that one day, or at least have faith and have that hope that one day it'll make more sense. That yeah. Maybe it doesn't make sense today and that's okay, but yeah. looking back, we can begin to connect those dots. Absolutely. So my last question is if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? <laughs> oh, that's very easy. I love birds, and there's a particular kind of bird um, that just lights me up. It's a white, a pure white hawk called a kite that often uh, hovers uh, right outside my window by the redwood trees, and it just it feels very divine. Um, and in Chinese medicine, uh, they often talk about birds as representing the divine light in someone's heart, the divine birds of heaven that come to nest in the branches of your heart. Oh, so beautiful. I would be a kite. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your message. And we I could talk to you for another five hours because you <laughs> have so much to share with this world. Uh, so I do recommend that people go to jeanhainer.com, Hainer with one N, and 
Your new book is Clear Home, Clear Heart, Learn to Clear the Energy of People and Places. We'll put all these details at the tappingsolution.com forward slash notes. And you also have a lot of other amazing books. So I'm just a big fan and I encourage everyone that's listening to just, if, if this interview resonated with you, explore more because Jean has a lot to share. Jean, thank you so much again. Oh, thank you, Jess. It's a total honor. Thanks so much. Thank you.